Hey everyone, this is Miss Akimoto with your next chapter of Threads. So, Yuming and Jing and Kai and Lee um, escaped from the factory. They ran down the hillside and they have been, they're kind of cautiously wandering around the village underneath the factory. And they were able to find a balcony to stand on and they were able to see the factory from a distance. And we found out that Jing had been forced to live and work in that factory for almost five years that her family had sold her to the factory so that's how that chapter ended it was a little bit poignant kind of tugged on the heartstrings a little bit and you kind of really realize how much of survivors these kids are so let's find out what happens next in clara's story this is chapter 14 july 6th beijing china clara when we land in Beijing, rain is splattering so hard against the plane windows that it looks like we're in a car wash. Um, remember when we ended our last chapter, it was just starting to rain. Mom and Dad edge into the aisle along with everybody else, and Dad opens the overhead bin. Lola and I were both terrified of the car wash when we were little. I remember this one time when the two of us huddled on the floor of the back seat as soapy water slammed against the windows of Dad, Dad's car. The brushes came next. They looked like giant evil Muppets swooping in to get us, and Lola and I screamed and cried. Dad turned around, looked at us, and said, I told you you could have waited inside with Mom. I like a challenge! Lola had sobbed, practically choking on her tears, and Dad had laughed and laughed. I wonder what it's like in Yuming's factory when it's raining. I visualize the huge open room I've been picturing, rain slamming against its windows. On the plane ride, I had closed my eyes, but I had tried to stay awake while Mom and Dad whispered next to me about the reservations that the Chinese International Travel Service had made. I overheard Mom the day before, talking on the phone to someone named Alma. Alma must have pulled up our information from last time on her computer, because Mom had to correct her, explaining that only one child would be traveling with them this time. Then, Mom said she had to take another call, but there was no other call. According to Alma, the train station in Beijing isn't sending out tickets ahead of time anymore, Mom had told Dad during the flight. We have to pick them up at the station. And a sleeping car isn't available, Dad whispered back. No, but we got first class. It will be fine. Remember, the seats recline. They whispered back and forth. Every now and then, one of them nudged me and reminded me not to sleep too much. We changed planes in San Francisco, and for the rest of the journey to China, every time I opened my eyes... I could almost see Lola's ghost perched on Dad's armrest. Make a plan, Clara. You have three days in Beijing and then it's off to Shanghai. How are you going to find Yu Ming? Try to stay up if you can, Mom kept reminding me. It'll be close to bedtime when we arrive. I nodded, my eyes heavy. I'll ask around when we're there, I imagine saying to Lola. At the hotel, at restaurants. People speak English. There's got to be someone who knows of a pink factory. I'm sure there's someone. Finally, Mom stopped nudging me and I fell asleep, thinking those words over and over as the plane streaked towards the country where my sister was born. I'm sure there's someone. I'm sure there's someone. There's got to be someone. Now, in a cab, we make our way toward the hotel along the crowded highways that turn eventually into small streets. Rain pounds the windows. My head is foggy with exhaustion. What time is it here? I ask. I think it's 7.15, Dad says. Dinner time and then bedtime. It's 8.14, Mom corrects, looking at her phone. I lean my head against the window. 
Yes, 8.14, the cab driver chimes in in a heavy accent. Um, So when you travel, we've talked a little bit about this in my class at least, Um, when you travel, there's different time zones. And so when you travel to China, the time is completely different there than where what it is in the United States. Just like even when you travel in the United States, there's different time zones, but it's only different by an hour or a couple of hours. So when you travel like halfway across the world, the times are all opposite and you get something called jet lag. And so like you might leave when it's morning in the United States and travel and you're on the plane for like 13 hours and you get there and it's still morning. And so you get this thing called jet lag where you just get really confused about what time it is. That's why Clara's mom didn't want her to fall asleep because if you keep your regular sleeping pattern, it's harder to adjust to the local time once you arrive where you're going. Yes, 8.14, the cab driver chimes in in a heavy accent. Oh, you speak English, mom asks. Yes, little bit, he says, smiling at mom and me in the rear view mirror. Cab drivers, I imagine Lola shouting from the front seat. I can just imagine her up on her knees between dad and the driver looking back at me. Cab drivers are a great place to start. You'll be taking cabs constantly. I press my lips together and hide my smile and close my eyes again as mom and dad ask him about weather forecasts and how crowded some of the tourist sites have been lately. The next thing I know, dad is waking me up. We're in front of our hotel the same fancy stone building where we stayed three years ago. Above the revolving doors in gold glowing lights, Grand Beijing Hotel flashes on and off in both Chinese characters and English. Um, Chinese characters are the letters that you use in China. And actually the reason we call them characters is because um, the Chinese system of writing, every character means a different word. So you have to know a different um like basically a different letter for every word that you know. So um, sometimes words are kind of put together to make new words, but they're called characters. I sit in a puffy red chair in the lobby surrounded by our luggage while mom and dad check in and exchange money. Because remember, there's a different money system over there. So you have to exchange your U.S. dollars for um, Chinese money. I think it's yuan. I remember running through here with Lola. We loved the carpet, the swirly yellow design on the red background. Follow the yellow brick road, Lola had yelled, and we twirled around the room until mom and dad made a stop. Remember last time? I asked mom and dad sleepily as we wait for the elevator. The shower? They both laugh a little and I can tell they're thinking the same thing as me. I wish Lola was here too, laughing along with us. Lola had called first shower as soon as we got into the hotel. Maybe 10 minutes after she turned on the water, she screamed for mom and me to come into the bathroom. I remember peeking around the shower curtain in the steamy bathroom. The tub was about an inch away from overflowing. It's a shower bath, Lola had said, giggling. She plopped down into the tub and sudsy water sloshed over the sides onto the fancy bathroom floor. Lola, mom had yelled, open the drain. There is no drain. Her hair was thick with suds and she was laughing. Mom reached around Lola to shut off the water while dad called the front desk. We'd like to move to a new room, I remember him saying. One that has a drain in the tub. There was a pause. A drain, he said again. You know where the water goes down? Into the pipes? 
Soon, a pretty Chinese lady knocked on the door and ushered us across the hall into our new room. Lola was wrapped in a fancy hotel robe and suds were sliding down the sides of her face. This time, we do a room check first, Mom announces, unlocking our door. The room is big and extravagant, just like before. Mom and Dad walk around, try out the light switches and faucets. They open and close the mini-fridge and the drains before they decide that everything is in working order. I watch them from one of the beds. I'm so tired, it feels like I'm dreaming. This room looks exactly like the one we stayed in last time, I say. Outside the window, the city lights twinkle through a curtain of rain, and I lay back on the thin pillow. Dad tugs at my feet. Don't go to sleep, he says. I close my eyes. The only way to conquer jet lag is to pretend it doesn't exist. Open your eyes, Clara. Closing your eyes is the beginning of the end. I'm not hungry anyway, I mumble. I'd rather just forget dinner and go to sleep. Then we can wake up in the morning and I can get to work tracking down Yuming. I just need to grab a quick shower, Mom announces. I feel gross from the plains. I nod. Up, Clara, up, Dad shouts. I can't move. Finally, he lies down next to me. Wake me up when you're out of the shower then, he mumbles to Mom. Lola was way better at dealing with jet lag than me. Last time, I fell asleep in the middle of the day on a cement bench in the center of a wide open room in the Beijing National Art Museum of China. I remember waking up and staring at the faraway ceiling disoriented as Lola pulled my shoes and socks off. Lola! I remember mom yelling. I just wanted to see how asleep she was, Lola had whined, trying not to laugh. What's so funny? Dad asks me now. I turn my head in his direction. Huh? I ask. You were giggling. I was? Yep. I guess I was having a funny dream, I say. Mom comes out of the bathroom, her head wrapped in an orange towel. Everybody up, she announces. Dad stumbles into the bathroom to shave. I change my clothes, making sure to put Yuming's picture and note in the pocket of my clean jeans. As soon as Dad is ready, we ride the elevator back downstairs to the restaurant. It's the fancy one where we always ate last time, since even fancy stuff in China barely costs anything. The hostess seats us in the back, in front of flowing red curtains with swirly gold decorations. I don't remember these curtains from before. Lola would have loved them. She would have jumped up from her seat, hidden behind them. She would have parted them and stuck her head through and giggled. She would have done it until mom and dad stopped laughing long enough to tell her to quit bothering the people around us. Earth to Clara, dad says. I look at him. He and mom are already seated on one side of the table. I'm staring at the curtains. Someone's a little tired, mom teases. Me too. If I fall asleep in my food, somebody carry me up to the room? Of course, Dad says, kissing her cheek and resting his head on top of hers. If Lola were here, she would make fake gagging noises. Dad opens the menu. He's about to start reading when he looks up, his eyes damp. Should we still play the translation game? He asks. I shrug. I'm so tired. And we're going to stop there for today. So come back tomorrow to find out what happens to Clara next.